Hello, and welcome to InspectTech, the evident, non-destructive testing podcast. My name is Emilie Pedoquin, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is all about NDT and the incredible people that work into our industry. I've been in this industry for just over a decade now, and I'm still amazed by the incredible people that I get to work with and how tightly this community is connected. On this show, I have the chance to welcome experts from the field to chat about everything and anything from challenging applications to new trends and even tips and tricks on how to improve your NDT game. I hope you'll enjoy the unique insight that our guests are sharing with us and that it will inspire others to also want to help in making this world a safer place. An exciting episode ahead of us today. I had the pleasure to chat with Ed Breiner from Gecko's Robotics. Ed has been running Gecko's Robotics team for over six years, driving the product roadmap for the company's robot models, controls, and on-prem software. He is now leading Gecko's business and product development in the government and oil and gas industries. Before Gecko, he served as a team lead for Navair's Airborne Anti-Submarine Warfare Division. Ed holds a master and bachelor in electrical and computer engineering from John Hopkins University. I hope you'll enjoy our conversation as much as I did. All right. Well, Ed, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Emily, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So you probably know, but the, the very, very first question that I like to ask, because I'm always very curious about it, is how did you find out about NDT? And it's a, it's a niche industry. Not a lot of people know about it. So what was your story? How did you discover uh, NDT? <laughs> well, without trying to bore you and the listeners with my full story or my full life. Uh, I, it was, it's, it's a funny story. I, I did, uh, I got into acoustics actually originally, uh, right out of, um, undergrad and masters. I got into acoustics by doing anti-submarine warfare. Uh, so I learned under some amazing people, uh, all about acoustics, how acoustics work underwater. I was actually oh. developing, uh, hydrophones, uh, think, you know, little sensors that go inside of sauna buoys. Uh, learned a lot about signal processing uh, from that, writing some software for those hydrophones uh, and all of the post-processing downstream for that. So learned a, a ton that way. Um, and as I was uh, transitioning out of uh, working with the government, I, I was looking to um, find a, a company that was, you know, looking to have a, a profound mission on, Things like infrastructure, um, looking for a company that was using a lot of technology to do so um, and, and somebody that needed kind of the skill set that I had built uh, both in undergrad in robotics, but also the acoustics background I had uh, uh, just learned from my time with Navair and stumbled upon a uh, small company and two co-founders, Jake and Troy, uh, that were trying to do just that with Gecko Robotics. Uh, learned a little bit about their mission, learned about their team, uh, learned about their technology that they were trying to develop, and was super excited to join them. Uh, and that's when I started to learn about uh, non-destructive testing through ultrasonics, which was the, the first payload that was put onto the Gecko robotic system. 
and uh, that's just simply a different frequency and I was no longer looking for moving targets underwater. I was looking for corrosion and other types of anomalies and defects uh, utilizing a much higher frequency than I had learned. Uh, but a lot of the, the same concepts and theory uh, perfectly translated. So that's how I really got into the non-destructive testing world was uh, actually through a, a lower frequency um, acoustics background ultimately into uh, what is now Gecko Robotics. That's fascinating. That's really cool and far from boring us. It's <laughs> <That's> very neat. <laughs> Interesting. That's very different that what, uh, uh, that what other might have. Well, everybody has a different story, but I, I really enjoyed this one. So Um, so I guess you answered this a little bit, but what did you what you think like uh, at the time when you started when you joined Gecko Robotics? What do you uh, think was differentiating uh, th this inspection company from another inspection company that you might have been able to to join? Yeah, I um, I really loved how uh, Jake and Troy and the rest of the organization were. Um, thinking about integrating many of the um, both conventional and advanced uh, NDT methods into a robotic stack that uh, would ultimately take um, our, our professionals that typically are, are doing these inspections and putting them into essentially making them superhumans was the, the mm -hmm. original concept was to utilize robotics to make our NDT professionals superhumans. Uh, and by that, that means that they were able to um, be safe on the ground rather than in sky climbers or in ropes. And obviously, we still need sky climbers and ropes for, for certain types of inspections, but inspections right. where we can do this safely with robotics uh, and do it uh, in a means that allows them to cover a lot more uh, ground a lot faster, uh, a lot of... Um, a lot of the things that robotics provides us ultimately allows that professional to uh, collect a much higher fidelity data set. And from there, as we you know, were successful in deploying our first TOCO robotic systems uh, to industry, we continued to, to learn about our customers' problems. And that led us to uh, realizing that we didn't, um, we, we as an industry wanted to ultimately um, leverage this data that we were collecting with our robotic systems and, and, and with conventional methods and advanced methods uh, a lot more in industry uh, for our customers. Take all of this uh, much higher resolution data that the robotic system could collect and not just have it in terms of data, but transform that in terms of information that our customers can uh, utilize for not just their reactive maintenance methods, but moving towards a condition-based, risk-based, Uh, and even a predictive model of maintenance. Uh, and this is really where Gecko um, wants to aid the industry and, and that I think a lot of the industry is moving towards. Mm -hmm. And this was what really attracted me to Gecko was kind of the forward-looking approach to how we ultimately want to Uh, maintain and, and sustain the built world. And that's really Gecko's mission now is to help uh, give form uh, not only to, to today's infrastructure and how that will continue to, to sustain and maintain itself, but ultimately what is the form of tomorrow. Uh, and, and that forward-looking approach is what, uh, what really attracted me to Gecko Robotics. That's really neat. And I like that it started like almost from the uh, the safety component of making the inspectors your inspectors like safer and that's uh that's definitely something that i think could uh, 
appeal a lot of talents too to come in and work for you not just because oh well, it's 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 cool and it's new technology but it also is very focused on the inspector safety and that's that's very nice to hear <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um so you're doing a lot of uh, business development that's that's uh, you know your your current uh, position um, and we were chatting a little bit before uh, the the recording of this podcast and you were you were mentioning you know the the side that is more the R and D and the exploration side uh, and the side that is a bit more the um, the product side of the optimizing uh, so c- can you define a little bit those two areas because you're you're you have two business development uh, managers right there are two uh, two of you doing uh, yeah, we have yeah. we have several people that work in inside of the business development uh, arm of our our business, uh, and we also have a, a large uh, productization group. And and what maybe separates us in that model from a lot of other organizations, especially organizations that are in our industries today, is that we believe in having engineers in in all sectors of that um, part of our business, uh, and and that ultimately can help inform. Uh, new solutions. So what we describe as uh, exploration and business development is getting really close to understanding our customers and our customers' problems. Uh, Our exploration and business development group has what we call forward deployed engineers, product strategists, uh, and traditional uh, business development uh, uh, roles. All three of those groups coming together to ultimately form a solution to a brand new problem that our customers feel have not been solved before uh, or is maybe being solved in an unsatisfactory way. Uh, And so we get our engineering and business development people in the room together with our customers. Uh, We deploy to site. We we love having boots on ground to, to kind of understand that problem firsthand, work directly with our customers through uh, maybe a couple pilots to ultimately understand how our technology can uh, prove that it is ultimately solving that problem in a in a new or a better way. And then we once we have uh, confirmed that with our our specific customer that has this problem, we then lift this into does this apply to others uh, around the industry as well or other verticals? You know, maybe maybe not just. Uh, a problem existing in oil and gas, but it might exist in pulp and paper, uh, power industry, uh, maritime, etc. And we look across those verticals and we say, does this translate? And if it translates to other industries or if other customers have the same problem inside of that industry, uh, we would want to start to look at productizing that solution or productizing the, the solution that we came up with with that customer. Uh, and that motion looks a lot different. Those engineers are really, really good at optimizing our solution, uh, scaling the solution. Uh, and that's the, the engineering group that we utilize to productize and integrate our solutions in a um, very robust and reliable manner uh, so that we can scale, it, scale the operations and the distribution of that product. Uh, and that's where our productization team comes in to, to play after our business development and forward deployed engineers have solved a brand new problem for the very first time. Very neat. And so I guess that, that gets me curious and want to ask, like, what's what's your your favorite solution or the favorite application that you got to solve or um, or even like if it was a specific damage mechanism or anything like that, uh, that uh, or the one you're the most proud of, you know, can you give <laughs> us some examples? Yeah, I'm I'm proud of uh, several of the solutions that we've brought to market uh, recently. 
I'll tell you about a couple. One, one in particular that uh, we're really proud of at Gecko uh, was actually brought to us through our uh, ro- robotic and NDT professionals, uh, the ones that were actually deploying our system. Um, uh, kind of uh, had known about uh, stress corrosion cracking as being uh, a particular problem that was uh, not uh, optimally solved yet for the industry, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in oil and gas. And uh, one of our uh, professionals, uh, UT Level 3, Chase uh, David, had come to us and said, hey, I think that there's a way to solve this better. And so we actually partnered with uh, one of our customers to uh, get access and, and start to prove out a brand new um, sensing technology that we call Trilat. Uh, mm-hmm. And we had built this in-house. We we partnered with actually your company. I'll be able to to uh, to be able to do the data acquisition on this system, and we partnered with a couple other uh, sensor and, and wedge manufacturers to be able to to tune and be able to deliver a, an optimal solution for the very first time. But we were really really proud to bring Trilat to market because this kind of showed the innovation and forward looking approach that Gecko wants to take uh, throughout our entire organization. This was a partnership between our operations team, our engineering team, our business development team, uh, and several partners that were already in the industry to bring a brand new technology to bear. And we believe it's the the highest uh, resolution and best way to really understand uh, this stress corrosion cracking Mm -hmm. uh, damage mechanism for our customers and, and provide them a full understanding and a way to track uh, this, this corrosion and damage mechanism over time. Uh, with the higher fidelity uh, localization that our robotics systems provide uh, and just the, the, the sheer uh, resolution that we're able to kind of image this, uh, this particular damage mechanism. Uh, we just haven't seen anything else on the market quite like it. So we're very proud of this, this particular um, sensing technology that we hope to see uh, widely adopted for, for this type of damage mechanism. Um, a couple others that we're really, really proud of is, you know, we are we are very, very proud of how we think about not just our sensing technologies that we're continuously trying to integrate uh, and develop uh, within our robotic stack, uh, but we're also extremely proud of how we think about uh, how data is leveraged in the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of times... Uh, this data uh, that we're collecting and the sheer volume of ultrasonic data that we collect ends up in a paper report that uh, a lot of our maintenance and, and um, reliability engineers uh, can can get through and have the time to read through. But when we talk about kind of making CapEx and, and OpEx kind of decisions in terms of how we're going to spend uh, our budget, our, our customers are going to spend their budget to uh, to improve the reliability or the output of their uh, assets, a paper report is sometimes not enough. It is important in terms right. of the compliance and it is important in, in terms of uh, how we do record keeping and things of that nature. We, we, we definitely need those things, but we also need a digital output of this data so that we can start to do trending analysis, predictive analysis, uh, projection analysis, uh, actually be able to tune and calculate a much uh, tighter short-term and long-term corrosion rate uh, based Mm -hmm. on a lot of other data that we collect on the operational side, things like temperatures, 
uh, you know, flows, pressures, uh, et cetera. All of this other data has to be integrated with our NDP data. And so some of the work that we're doing uh, that I believe to be really innovative in the industry is, is building out a data platform uh, that we call Cantilever uh, that integrates a lot of this information together uh, and allows for our customers to leverage some of the data that typically might end up in a paper report uh, in a structured manner. And that allows them to have much better insights and much better decisions on how they are going to think about maintaining and leveraging their, their physical assets by simulating those things in the digital world. Uh, and Gecko, I think, has that full vertically integrated stack from robotic collection uh, and and sensing all the way through to a much better decision-making web-based platform. Uh, and that's what we're really excited about uh, in terms of some of this coming to fruition uh, with our customers today. Yeah, that's very neat. Yeah, having the, basically helping the asset owners being a bit more prevention focused uh, rather than just, you know, find, finding the... the the problems, the defects already. So yeah, <laughs> exactly, that's important. exactly. Yes, yeah. It's a it's a trend of the industry, and we, we are we are definitely seeing more and more folks talk about uh, risk based uh, inspections, and and that uh, is especially adopted in the the oil and gas space. There are other industries that are uh, still even trying to catch up to the to the RBI programs in in oil and gas, but even beyond just RBI, it's how do we inform, how do we inform some of these things with the robust amount of data that we're collecting on ultrasonics, on visual, uh, on uh, some of the other sensing technologies that we deploy like magnetic induction and things of that nature. Uh, it's how do we, how do we couple all of these data sources together in a mm -hmm. digital means so that we can do, do and run better analytics to make better decisions. Uh, and that's, uh, I think something that all industries can continue to uh, improve on uh, is adopting uh, more of these uh, structured data systems that will allow for these decisions to be made on a on a continuum, uh, which would be you know a phenomenal step forward for many of these industries at large. Oh, hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And finding that that right, uh, you know format uh, for because it's it's overwhelming for asset owners to have to have it you know there, there's so many different type of data and from mm -hmm. a technology to the other so be, being able to just put this all under one one roof or um, that that's also why we're we're trying to get you know the industry to to get on board with the the new NDE file format that we're getting so it's not just for um, you know, one one manufacturer or one technology even, but that it can cover multiple ones because it's going to help uh, yeah. later down the road. But it's a it's a slow I, you know slow ship to turn. But uh, <laughs> at some point, uh, yeah, the need will will define uh, you know will will create that uh, the change at some point because yeah. I know that Gecko is extremely excited by uh, Olympus leading the charge with um, the the new NDE format, the universal mm -hmm. uh, ultrasonic format for for industry, because this allows for better things like uh, historical tracking. No matter yes. who were to, who was to collect it for the owner operator, we can start to translate this information and and, and look inspection over inspection or 
or even over the the full life cycle of the asset, um, being able to leverage that data uh, in a, in that way uh, is extremely exciting and, and something that Gecko is is uh, very happy to see Olympus leading the charge on, and and we are, uh, as you know, uh, adopting that um, uh, very quickly as well on yeah. our side. Uh, so uh, thank you for that. Yeah, well, that's that's great. That's great to hear as well. So we we talked about a little bit the the, the probe solutions, then you know the dig- digital solution. How about the the robotics? Is there anything in particular, the, a project that you have in mind, or or uh, again a, a solution that uh, you were able to solve with uh, in a in a different way with robotics that you yeah, can think of? I, yeah, I uh, I can I can tell you that one of the things that we're working on right now uh, and that we're really, really excited about is we have a um, much more advanced uh, localization and sensor fusion system uh, that is helping us to uh, collect uh, uh, asset metadata um, uh, in a a brand new way. And, And why that's important uh, a lot of the robotic systems that exist on market today uh, utilize maybe one, two encoders to be able to do straight line uh, uh, data collection and and maybe do it plate by plate. Uh, but what Gecko has been working on is a brand new uh, sensor fusion system that is attached to that will eventually be attached to all of our robots, but today is is very much so in this um, the early stages of development, but being deployed with some of our um, tech forward uh, customers to be able to collect a very robust amount of localization information to be able to stitch together a 3D asset and ultimately build uh, their asset into a 3D model and overlay all of their data on top of that 3D model. Uh, this is something that we're, we're doing and working with um, some of our, our, our government customers, some of our oil and gas customers, uh, some of our pulp and paper customers. But uh, specifically, this allows us to be able to collect um, information across the entire asset, uh, even if the robot doesn't run in a perfectly straight line or if it runs across uh, a weld line and over into a new nominal uh, the system is able to stitch all of that information together and uh, build this digital asset. Um, so taking the, the built world and building it into this digital asset. Uh, and this is leveraging several different types of technologies that fuse all of this information together. Several encoders, uh, IMUs, inertial measurement unit systems. Um, uh, it utilizes laser technology. It utilizes cameras, uh, all of this this kind of environmental data uh, to be able to stitch and fuse that with our non-destructive testing information ultimately allows us to build this, uh, this brand new data asset. Uh, and that's something that we're really excited about. It allows us for do- doing things like very complex geometries. We actually have deployed and used this very successfully inside of uh, the maritime uh, space on shipyards, uh, on caissons, on uh, the hull and rudder systems of uh, ships as well. Uh, And so this is a really exciting technology for us because even in those cases of really complex 3D geometries that might end up looking flat on a paper report, we can actually Mm -hmm. stitch together in 
XYZ space where all of that data was collected and wrap it onto a digital model uh, for, you know, better communication, uh, better understanding of, you know, context as to where that data was collected for both the NDT professional and the executive that needs to help make, you know, budgetary decisions against that NDT data. So the ability to kind of translate and communicate between uh, very deeply technical oriented uh, individuals and uh, our less technical but really intelligent financial uh, groups allows for uh, everyone to kind of get onto the same page and make a decision that's best for the organization a lot faster. And that wouldn't be possible without uh, some of these advancements in our localization stack for our robotic system. So that's something that we are uh, extremely excited about that everybody in our organization is helping to contribute to um, here now. I'll, I'll give you one more as well. We actually oh, yeah, have a, a brand new robot that uh, we're working on um, that will actually allow us to not just do uh, ultrasonics uh, on uh, the system for kind of the steel structures, but it will mm-hmm. actually be able to to deploy a couple other acoustic methods uh, utilizing some lower frequency technologies like impact echo and spectral wave analysis to actually inspect a uh, underground uh, silo that has a steel liner, but also has concrete reinforcement behind that steel liner. And so we'll actually be able to measure through that steel liner and do a concrete assessment uh, with non-destructive testing means at the same time. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. something that integration uh, and that robot is actually gonna be um, delivered this year uh, in 2023 uh, to this customer. And so we're really, really excited about this because it's a problem that hasn't been solved for them before in a robust manner. It generally requires either destructive or very tedious manual uh, inspection methods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're really excited to be able to bring this uh, innovative sensor solution into our robotic stack integrated with our, our partner and then deliver that to our end customer um, with all of the localization metadata that I was just talking about to deliver that uh, that data asset to the customer. So all of those things kind of coming together is really where Gecko likes to integrate that information, integrate the robotic and sensing technologies together and then deliver a data um, system that that allows for better uh, decision, decision giving them a decision advantage on how they maintain the life cycle of that asset. And so yeah. those couple new advancements are things that I'm really, really excited to deliver to market this year. Oh, very nice. Very nice to hear. Yeah, that's that sounds very exciting and promising. And, and so I'm guessing both of those robots are looking a bit more for the damage mechanisms that they're looking for is a bit more on corrosion or zero degree applications, I guess, at that point. Yeah, there's there's some that are are, are zero degree. The spectral wave is not quite uh, zero degree, but uh, yeah, we do um, for uh, the impact echo and spectral wave analysis. Uh, that is looking for uh, different types of cracking, delamination, and honeycombing inside of the concrete, Oof, whereas our okay. ultrasonic devices are, are definitely looking for, um, and, and really at the end of the day in, in concrete, you're looking for corrosion kind of close to the rebar that actually causes the, the, the rebar to expand and then ultimately cause the concrete to degrade um, mm-hmm. in that corrosive environment. But we are also looking for 
your typical damage mechanisms, corrosion, things of that nature inside of the, the steel liner structure. Um, so we'll be deploying some of both our conventional zero degree um, methods as well as uh, you know they have a lot of weld lines that they they'd like mm-hmm. to inspect and and so we'll be utilizing some of our our phased systems and advanced systems for that as well. Wow, that's really really cool. I, I love to hear about those uh, novel approaches. That's uh, that we have uh, we've came a long way, but there's still uh, a lot of room <laughs> to grow in this field. So this is yeah. uh, this is very exciting. Which I mean, speaking of which, that might be a, a good segue for my next question. I, I was wondering, I was curious, you know, if you could have it your way entirely, um, and you were to um, to to direct where our industry is evol- evolving, you know, where would you like it to to be in about five to 10 years? Like, where would you like to see our industry um, and the technology in our industry evolving to? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think we're, we're definitely heading in the right direction with um, some technologies like um, uh, FMC and TFM for mm-hmm. uh, full matrix capture and total focusing methods. I think it's really important um, as we kind of look at our skilled workforce and what's happening uh, around the in- around our, our critical industries and, and our, our workforce kind of actually becoming uh, smaller and, and, and our, our skilled skilled workers, uh, you know, retiring and things of that nature. We definitely need right. to be able to see sensing technologies and, and the, the ability to Um, collect really, really high quality data, um, become easier and easier. And we've done this over time, you know, when we started uh, delivering ultrasonic devices, uh, you know, there were, it was very, very difficult. You you didn't actually have an A-scan readout the very first time uh, that an ultrasonic device was uh, put onto an asset. It was um, and then the the ability to collect that information and store it and, and utilize gates and TCG and all of these things that have both uh, advanced on the infrastructure side, but also in the medical fields and kind of seeing us adopt certain uh, advancements in the medical field and vice versa, I think is really important in the ultrasonic space so that you can continue to make it easier and easier to collect high quality uh, mm-hmm. data, make it easier to be able to calibrate the system, be able to know that you're collecting really robust information. Uh, And this is something that robotics is going to help us to do, but also uh, certain advancements in data acquisition and sensing uh, and software uh, solutions will continue to make this so that uh, it is easier and easier to collect really, really robust data uh, and really, really high resolution data. And that's what's going to aid us in some of these downstream benefits of uh, improved uh, uh, damage mechanism tracking, mm-hmm. uh, damage mechanism progression, uh, things of that nature to be able to ultimately determine and predict in the future what is that what is that asset going to look like five, 10 years down the road. And so adopting these more advanced ways of uh, collecting information, making it easier and easier for uh, our skilled workforce and, and the future skilled workforce uh, to collect this data 
in a structured mean and have it remain digital, uh, have more and more, you know, uh, requirements around having a, a digital output, just like our paper, you know, the requirement for a paper output is going to be really critical for our future data scientists, data analysts, uh, engineers, software engineers, to be able to provide um, software solutions that uh, create better decision tools, better yeah. ways of connecting all of this diverse sets of data. It's not necessarily that we need to provide, uh, we don't want to just provide data. We don't want to provide more and more and more data. We want to mm -hmm. provide information from this yeah. data. We want to extract the important insights uh, for our decision makers uh, so that they're making the right decisions based on the NDT data that we collect. And mm -hmm. so it's a very, very critical part to be able to have a really robust data set, uh, have it in a digital form so that we can create and generate insights uh, for our decision makers uh, that own and operate these assets. Uh, and that will ultimately create for a much more reliable, you know, yeah, much more reliable and optimized uh, output from these systems that, you know, everybody relies on from a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. basis, whether that's from an energy perspective or uh, any other perspective, transportation, et cetera. So I think mm -hmm. adopting to the digital transformation and not just utilizing it as a buzz buzzword, understanding that we <laughs> ultimately need really reliable data at the, the, the base of this uh, pyramid. And then mm -hmm. so making it really easy to collect that information and then building on top of those data layers that Gecko and other uh, you know, technology firms are, are helping to build uh, and then ultimately having all of that data end up in a, in a way that can fuse and understand and create information from that really robust data set so that our decision makers are, are well informed and, and, and have their tooling to, to advance and improve the built world. That's really what I hope to see adopted in the next five uh, plus years. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's not just more data, it's it's better data quality, as you said, that leads to a better analysis that leads to greater uh, asset safety. So that's yes. it, which is the ultimate goal. Well, Ed, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure to get to talk with you today. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for your time. And I'm really looking forward to see uh, more of the solutions that Gecko Robotics will come up to in the upcoming years. Thanks again. Um, yeah, Emily, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, really, it was our pleasure to, to get to chat with you. That's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Ed as much as I did. I'll tell you one thing. The more I record these interviews, the more excited I get about the field of NDT not only where we came from, but more importantly, where are we heading and the increasing cruising speed that we are reaching. One thing that becomes more and more clear in my mind is that non-destructive testing is an always growing, never boring, continuously improving and very surprising industry. And I'm definitely grateful to have this first row seat on the action and very happy that I get to share some of it with you. And as always, I want to take the opportunity to thank you for your contribution to keeping us safe out there. Bye for now.